What's up, y'all? Welcome into the Wiregrass High School Football Report brought to you by the radio people. This is your weekly look at all things high school football and the Wiregrass. I am your host, Philip Jordan, the in-studio host and producer for Nothing Woods Football on I-6.9, The Legend. Thank you once again for making this show a part of your day. Always fun to come and do the show for you guys once a week. I do have a guest this week. I know last week I went solo on the pod, and this is back on the normal day on Mondays. The, the podcast normally was coming out last week, came out on Wednesday, and I went solo last week on the podcast as well. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Didn't hear anything negative, so that's there's, that's always a good thing. Uh, didn't hear any negativity because trust me with the internet, People are more likely to tell you the negative than the positive. That's just kind of how that thing works there. But just a little bit, I will be joined by WDHN Sports Director Michael Rinker. We are going to talk about several things. We're going to talk about what goes into the show, The Extra Point. We'll talk about his overall thoughts on football here in the Wiregrass. Because when I had him on preseason, Michael's new in the area. So he was, you know, he told on the show that he, you know, he was still learning a lot about these teams. Uh, was really looking forward to seeing them on the field. So now that he's seen these teams on the field, we're past the halfway point. I mean, we're really in, we're in the last month of the regular season. And if October comes, that would be it. Then we'll get to the playoffs. So really going to be intrigued to hear what Michael has to say about all that stuff. And we'll talk a little Dothan Enterprise, and we'll actually go down to 2A, which I've been very impressed with that region for several years and a lot of good teams down there. Geneva County, Elba, Abbeville, GW Long. GW Long is one of the few undefeated teams still left here in the Wiregrass. So uh, that's some stuff you can expect when I do talk to Michael later on in the show. Uh, but first thing I'm going to do here is just going to look back at some scores from Week 7. Of course, if you listen to the Dustin Wolves broadcast on Friday nights, I do the scoreboard update at halftime in post game but not all those games were final and maybe you just don't know who won all the games on friday night so let's jump into it right now and go over the scoreboard real quickly uh in 7a of course dothan wolves lost 63 to 27 to Colquitt county i had struggled saying that during the halftime show on friday night so i was gonna make sure here on the podcast i said that right and it came out clearly and it did there so uh give me a uh, five points there on that one Look, I'm gonna say this about this one. I'm not gonna give commentary on every game here, but I was part of I'm part of broadcast there, so I have a little bit of an idea of what went on in that game. You see the score 63-27. I don't think that score is indicative of how that game went. Dothan scored first with the pick six. Then they turned the ball over a little bit there, and the Packers really did play well offensively. They get up twenty eight to six, but then you saw the end of the first half, Dothan did get their own score. Offense seemed to really get going there toward the end of the second quarter. Then Cockwick came back in, go at 35-13 at halftime. Then in the second half, to kick things off, Dothan did a lot of good things. Uh, made big plays, big kick return. Bauer Sharp made some big plays through the air, receivers, everybody. The offense was played a lot better, and they really showed positive signs there, I believe, in the third quarter. Turnovers were a big thing here, too, and uh, the Packers took advantage of it against Dothan. But I do feel like, yes, we're at the midway point, and I do feel like Dothan did show some great improvement, some positive things to come out of this game, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. And be interested, they do play Jeff Davis this Friday on the road, which you can hear on I-6.9, the legend which that team is winless too as well. Big game for both schools. Dothan, you know, try to keep them playoff hopes alive. Then you have 
tough task the following week against Central Phoenix City. Then you have Smith Station. So, and, and I said this last week on the podcast. Dozen, you know, you, you got to win out. It, that, that's basically it. You, you know, and that may not get you in, but that's just kind of like the process you have to go through right now in this week by week. But I do believe if you just look at the film, what they did in the third quarter, what they did toward the end of the second, Dothan did show some positive things offensively that I believe they can build on and go into this week's game with Jeff Davis. Now, also in 7A, you had Enterprise fall into Prattville 35-28. Now, I was keeping up with this game on the NFHS app where you can watch games. That app is getting a lot of free uh reads and sponsorship for me on here because i'm really really uh promoting them but it's great if you can do that so i'm sitting there in the studio keeping up what jerry and ken are talking about and calling the dothan cockwood game but at the same time i am keeping my eye on actually watching the prattville and enterprise game enterprise was up 21 to 7 at halftime twice in this game in the second half they had 14 point lead but then Prattville comes back. Prattville's a good team. They beat Dothan a few weeks ago, 35-0. to zero. And they just made plays through the air, did what they had to do. They won the game 35-28. Enterprise had a chance with under a minute left through interception. So really good game. It's one of them games that's had you had to have a loser. But And, and that's a big game. And I'm going to get into some of the third segment of the show. I'm not going to really go over uh, the standings and where everybody sits right now. Just going over these scores real quickly and just giving my thoughts on these two games on 7A that I really – uh, paid attention to on Friday night, but Enterprise is in a good spot. They do play Smith Station this Friday, who is also one and two, and I'll kind of give you a better uh, idea of what's going on in all of 7A Region 2, like I said in that third segment. But Enterprise, yeah, they lost the game, but it's still so much is still in front of them uh, for playoffs. I do believe Enterprise is going to be a playoff team, anyways. Quickly, in 6A Region 2, Ufala did defeat Valley. That was a big game for Ufala, too, trying to keep their playoff. Um, I would say hopes, but just positioning in line they won 44 to 13 in 5a halen was at andalusia andalusia won 42 to 0 and as i said during the scoreboard update on friday night uh, that andalusia this was homecoming for them uh, charles henderson lost 50 to 0 to pike road and rehoboth at was hosting greenville this was a good one uh, rehoboth scored at the very end uh final seconds they win that game 19 to 16 in 4a alabama christian defeated ashford 49 to 14 dale county defeated bullet county 14 to 12 and strawn was at geneva geneva wins this game 26 21 but strawn had a 21 to 6 lead in this game and geneva came back and they won in the final seconds as well here for big win that was a region game for them so that was a big win for geneva in 3a region 2 wittsburg at delville wittsburg won 52 to 6 Slocum was at New Brockton. Slocum won 55-21. Providence Christian, who beat Elba last week. We're about to get to Elba in a second here. But Op won this game 34-12. to In 2A Region 2, Abbeville was at Ayrton. Abbeville won 32-22. Zion Chapel at GW Long. GW Long won 56-0. Then you had Elba defeated Geneva County. Geneva County is no longer undefeated. Emmanuel Henderson did not play in this game. And this is one of the games... We're going to talk about with Michael in just a few minutes when I get him on the show. But Elba won 50-22. In 1A Region 1, Brantley defeated Sampson 50-0 and Florida defeated Kinston 50-7. So there you've got, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later too, 
Brantley and Florala, both in 1A Region 1. They're both 6-0 and now. They do not play this week, but they are, do have a matchup coming in the next few weeks. So potentially we could have a two undefeated teams uh, playing against each other. Independent, uh, you had Northside Memphis. They traveled to Cottondale. Uh, they won 49-42. to And AISA, Abbeville Christian, continue their winning ways going to 5-1. to They beat Banks Academy. 33 to 6. So that's all your scores for here in the Wiregrass this past Friday night in week 7. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll be joined by Michael Rinker, the WDHN Sports Director. You're listening to the Wiregrass High School Football Report brought to you by the radio people. The Haunting of the Wiregrass is back with Season 2. Bethany, you can listen to every weekday from 10 to 2 on 106.7 KMX. She interviews a guest in the Wiregrass area each week who have felt the presence of spirits. Halloween is upon us, which means it is time for scary ghost stories. But this time, it is ghost stories in the Wiregrass area. Her latest episode, Bethany interviews Jerry with RIP Investigations, who tells us about his investigation of the old Coffee County Jail. He also tells us about his personal experience of Rawls Hotel when he used to work there when he was younger. There's a new episode out every Friday. You can listen to The Haunting of the Wiregrass at WKMX.com or download for free at the Google Play Store or Apple Podcasts. And now, back to the Wiregrass High School Football Report. Everybody as promised, joining me on this week's edition of the Wiregrass High School Football Report. Making his return, I did not scare him off last time he was on the show. Uh, Michael Rinkers, the WDHM Sports Director. And uh, Michael, I do appreciate you uh, you're taking the time once again to come on the show. Of course, thank me. Uh, fun, so I hope we get to get into some good topics. I'm sure we will this time around too. Yeah, uh, as we were talking, you know, we talked preseason. I think me and you last when I had you on before, it was right after Dothan had like their scrimmage there against each other. Yeah. So uh, the season hadn't even kicked off yet. So a lot of interesting stuff. And we're past midseason. I mean, as we we were talking off air, uh, there is a lot of interesting uh, matchups and playoff positioning going on right now with the teams in the Wiregrass. And it's, it's, it's interesting. It's big matchups every week. But, I, you know, I wanted to start off with talking to you about the show y'all put on every Friday night, the extra point over on WDHN, which I got to say, man, y'all had a tough act to follow Friday night following the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, I just, you know, picking a little bit, but you know, he had to follow those guys, but you know, overall, yeah. I, I mean, when, when you're putting that show together or getting ready to do the show, I mean, obviously that's not something you do. Boom. You know, you just, okay, let's just jump from the camera. Talk. There's a lot of planning and there's gotta be a lot yeah. of prep. Like, how much, how much goes into that with all you guys getting the, getting the show ready on Friday nights? Yeah. So basically, um, after every show, we kind of look at next week's games, uh, schedule where we're going to be at. We try to get 10 games a week. And so really it's me, Gerspan, Mike Erspin. And then we have a production guy, Blake Deshazo. The three of us kind of, you know, we kind of pick out the games and then you got to talk about who's going, like, in terms of who's going to go film these games. We try to, you know, map it all out so people can get one or two, maybe even three games. All do that in a way where you can get back in time for the show. So it, uh, most of the work before the show goes in during the week where we're writing scripts before the, the highlights start, we're trying to figure out where in the show each, each highlight's going to go. Um, so... A lot goes into it. Now, I will say, uh, Blake, who I talked about, he does a lot of it. Uh, he helps me out a lot, mostly because, one, it's my first year here, so I don't know exactly what would be the best route for each camera guy to take in terms of going into games. But 
it's a lot of work, but it, I mean, you give six days to go and do it all for a 30 minute show. It's not terrible, but it's a lot of, uh, just making sure you're prepared for Friday night. Cause you know, the highlights are going to come and the games are always good. So the highlights are the easy part. A lot of it's preparation and just putting in the show. And um, like you said, with the finals, that kind of throws us in because we're 30 minutes late, but actually it makes our show easier because we get another 40 minutes or so to cut highlights, make sure we got all the good plays in and kind of just ease the show. So every week it seems to be easier. Uh, first one was kind of a tricky one just because we didn't really know who's who yet. And now what are we about to be in week eight, which is insane. Mm-hmm. So, each show it gets easier and easier, but yeah, it's it's really fun. It's been a good experience for me to get get involved in this right away. Yeah, I, I always say this every year when it comes to high school football. It seems like it just flies by. I mean, you don't play with ten regular season games because I was thinking about it when putting the show together. We're in October. This is the last month of the regular season, and it just feels mm-hmm. weird to say because in a way, and maybe it's because you know because I am do doing a dozen games every week and you know we'll get into how their season has gone this year which has not been ideal for anybody involved with a dozen wolves uh maybe that's why it feels like it just started which it kind of felt they have had multiple starts this year but yeah the high school football season just it it just seemed like this year especially it has just flown by it has and uh i remember gerspan telling me two weeks before the season even started man like it's a lot of work, but before you know it, it'll be November and you'll be like, dang, I wish we could start all over again. And it certainly has escalated and gone very quickly and I don't want it to end. I wish we could play football all year round. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to ask you about that because uh, working with Mike Gerspan every week and Mike Gerspan has been in this, in this area a long time. He's a veteran here. He knows high school football, high school sports around this area, probably just as good as anybody. What is What is it like yeah. working with him every single week? Man, every single day is a treat to to be just to be around Gerspan. I mean, he's somebody who, even with his age, he is still the energy of the station. Like he comes in and he's just always got something funny to say. Or he's like you think in year, shoot, it feels like he's probably in year forty or something like that. So he knows the area really well, and I don't really think I could have learned from anyone better than him in terms of just who's who, how to put the show on, what what the community likes to see. So he is, it's a treat to get to work with him every single day for sure. Oh, and, and obviously, you know, with you two there on camera, you know, shooting it to the highlights and all that stuff, it seems like it's just, not only, you know, it, y- y'all guys are having just a really good time on on set together doing the show every week. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it it's something to, like, what you see on air uh, with the fun and us just going back and forth laughing. That's exactly how it is off camera, too. So, it's a, slowly but surely as we've gotten to know each other, the, the relationship and on-air chemistry has gotten better. Uh, I think a lot of people like us. Mike and Mike, we try to see if uh, ESPN had patented that, see if we could get a rip off of it. Because I mean, it it was just it's every week it's it's a fun fun thing to do. It's a lot of work, but it's certainly well rewarding. And I love Gerspan. He's somebody that you know when I'm looking back at my career when when I'm his age, I'm like that's the guy that really showed me how to do everything, showed me how to just be a fun personality. And I mean, you got to be upbeat and you have to be willing to to get along with his humor, or else you go you won't fit too well with Mike. And I I mean. He's an awesome person to work next to. And so I will say, like, we do these highlights. We don't really script out who's going to read what highlight. And sometimes we're like, Mike, let me read this one. <laughs> he'll, he'll read every single highlight if you want him to. And sometimes I just sit back and I kind of watch and I'm like, man, that dude really knows his stuff. And he's really entertaining. So, yeah, I think you could put him on camera outside of football. <laughs> just let him talk about whatever, and people would love to watch him. Yeah, you know, I saw the fun – 
I think it would be fun to do is the awards y'all you give out and like the you know the team of the week or the player of the week and stuff like that. And when you're handing out them trophies, that's got to be fun when you hand it to over because you know especially like the player. I mean, yes, the player's excited, but the whole team gets excited. Of course, the team of the week is yeah. everybody gets excited. That's got to be fun just seeing their excitement over being acknowledged like that. Oh, it is. I would say it, it's probably the best part of all this because you get to one, you get to actually know these kids and you get to, you know, it's like Dale County. I've been out to a few times. They've won. I mean, they've actually, they're the only school right now to have won band, shooter team and player of the week. And Trey Marshall has actually won play, play of the week a few times too. So you get to know these kids and then, you know, they, they love being on TV. I mean, who wouldn't? And so it, the coaches enjoy it. Um, but it is really fun when you hand the trophy over, and all the guys just break down, especially with play, player of the week. One guy will get it, and then every single team's like, oh, I'm getting it next week. I'm going to get it next <laughs> week. I was like, all right, this is what I want. I want you guys to, you know, see a quick incentive and work hard, and hopefully you all get it next week. But it is, it's one of, the, one of the best parts of Friday Night Football that I enjoy. So uh, and, and as we look at what's been going on, like I said, we're a couple of weeks, you know, a week or two now past midpoint, like I said, end of this month is the end of the regular season, then be playoff time. Uh, just, you know, overall, your your thoughts, you know, just, you know, football in the wiregrass overall, just what you've seen, what's what's been standing out to you uh, in this season? Yeah, I mean, what I've noticed is it doesn't matter how big the school is, a lot of these programs have just a pool of talent like Elba. They have like five guys on offense who can take it a distance every single t- every game. And so – um, coming from Virginia in Northern Virginia, my high school was pretty good. I think we lost maybe two or three regular season games in my four years there. So I knew, I kind of knew what good football looks like. And there's, there's much short down here. It seems like every single, I mean, we got a few teams in the area that I think like GW Long, I was able to see one of their games and like, they could really be come November a state contender. And I mean, that's just one team in their region has four teams that I think could make a hunt in the playoffs. So uh, it's been, it's been great. I don't think, I love being in this area for a first-time gig. Um, I think wiregrass football is certainly a cream of the crop. Yeah, and, you know, I'll say this, you know, because my alma mater is Cottonwood, and I graduated in 05. So their environment there is great. I mean, you go to Dothan, you go to Enterprise, they're great too. But also the smaller communities in this area are just as big. And you make it argue their environment may be a little bit more raucous because for them, that's that's the highlight of the week in those small towns yeah. like a Cottonwood, like an Elba, or just wherever, uh, an Ashford, something like that, because the whole town, does a small community like that, they all come together and pretty much you can drive anywhere in town on them nights because everybody's at the football game on Friday night. So yeah. that's something that's always stood out to me when I was able to actually go to games on Friday nights is these smaller communities in this area really, really come out and support their teams. Oh, yes, they do. And I was lucky enough a few weeks ago to go to the Geneva County Geneva game. And I'll tell you, what, Dixie House Stadium, I got there right as the sun was, like, it was setting right on the field. It was one of, you could tell, obviously, that's a big rivalry. Mm-hmm. But that stadium, just being around all that, I was like, man, this is what high school football is all about. You got the in-county rival. And, uh, I mean, that's what you win that game, and you're the king of the area for until the next time they play. And so it does mean everything for these small communities. And I – you know, even with COVID, I think it's a perfect getaway from everything. And I know it's, it's, Friday nights don't look as normal as they should, given the fans, limited fan attendance and all that stuff. But, I mean, you could just tell there would be somebody on the side in the, in the bleachers that doesn't even have a kid on the field, but this game means as much as them as to a parent or a coach or a player. 
So it's definitely uh, uh, something that, I mean, everybody enjoys. I mean, it's football. How could you not? Trust me. There, I, I'm not. There was there was a person at all the Cottonwood home games. A couple of them, not just one. There's a few of them that I was pretty sure that kid graduated 10, 15 years ago. But they were still hollering <laughs> and everything as if they had a kid down there. Which you know, yeah. uh, it, you know, you appreciate that. That's what 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 makes it great down here uh, in the Wiregrass area with high school football, mm-hmm. high school sports all together. Now, some of the team individual. I got to start off with a team, obviously. I cover with nine six nine. We do the Dothan Wolves games, and I just say this: it's just I feel for Coach Grider, and it's it's got it has been a tough year because, of course, you know the way the season started, you had to shut down for ten days. That you kind of ramped up because I believe that is a tough thing to get everybody started back up again. And then, oh, yeah. and then Hurricane Sally hits the week of the Prattville game, so you know they didn't get to practice the way they wanted to, mm-hmm. and you're already behind in practice because what happened with the COVID stuff at the start of the year, and then the Cairo week, uh, and I felt like that was a big, a missed opportunity for Dozen because maybe that could have been a week. Look, you haven't won a game. Cairo is was a team without a, a win, could have got some confidence back. So it's to me this yeah. whole year for Dozen, it's just it's just been. I think it's been a tough year to really for them to really get some positive momentum, get anything going because they've had to start and stop so many times. Oh yeah, I agree with you. I mean, like you said, I feel for Coach Grider. I mean, it's just it's something even for these college and pro teams that are having to struggle with it. It's got to be hard for professionals and people who do this for a living to stop, start, stop, start. So you can only imagine sixteen, seventeen year old kids trying to get all them focused each and every week, and then specifically for Dothan, they easily have the harder schedule in the area. And so to be able to just continuously have something halt everything going on in the practice room, it's it's got to be hard to come Friday where you've been off for two weeks, go into a game focused and well prepared. So I feel for them. I mean, obviously, I think had if they had no bumps along the way, they'd definitely probably be sitting with a much better record and better overall. So I just feel for Coach Grider, and I, I'm sure next year things will look a lot different, even though they are losing Jalen White, Bauer Sharp, and a lot of seniors, but. I just don't see how a team like that has to go through all that, how you can make come out with a good record like that. So it sucks for Dothan, and uh, hopefully they can keep together some wins down the stretch. Yeah, you know, and I'll say this, and I'll say this in the open. Uh, people are going to look at that score against Calcutt County, and they're going to say 63-27. That was a blowout. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Dothan had some turnovers. That hurt them in that game. But yeah. I will say this, offensively, especially toward the end of the half, first half and into the third quarter they i think they found something so i'm hoping this week they can look at the film and just ignore the score 63 27 that's one of the, that's not only one of the best teams in the state of georgia that may be one of the best overall teams in this entire united states yeah. because high school football mm-hmm. i think that's positive I th- they found some stuff with their offense so i really believe you know they play jeff davis this week yes it's on the road but there's an opportunity there to get a win so I'm hoping, and you know, I'm trying to be optimist with what Dothan's got going forward this year. That that offensive performance there in that stretch, and say, okay, we can we can do this. So I feel like that was some, yeah. some positive stuff that did come out of that game Friday night. Oh, I agree. And I was actually at that game. I got there. I had to go to Daleville and Whitsburg to see him first. So I got there about five minutes up in the second quarter, and you could definitely tell there wasn't the score did not show how close these teams were. I think. Oakwood, obviously, like you said, is a great program, and they have been for what I've seen as far back as 10 years or so. And so, I mean, it seemed like Bowers, he was starting to get into a groove there in the early in the third quarter, and then they had that one interception. I think it, 
I don't know if it was the beginning of this. I think it was the third quarter. Uh, they had that pick and they went down and scored. So certainly the game was easily could have been there. Uh, but then I had to leave. So I don't know what went wrong in the final quarter. But yeah, it was a lot closer than what the score ended up being. Yeah, they. Uh, it just was one of the deals where I think maybe the defense was tired because that offense was keeping them on the field a good bit, and some turnovers did happen and stuff like that. But yeah, it, I, but you know, you look at it. I think I really hope they can take some positives from that. Now, a game that was also going on Friday night in seven A that was big was Enterprise and Prattville, and I kind of had this game on the second screen while I was in the studio keeping an eye on what was going on with this one because it was a big night seven A anyways when you had oh, Auburn yeah. and Central Phoenix also playing. Uh, but Enterprise and Prattville, Prattville did win thirty five twenty eight, and I look at this game too. It was one of them games where it's kind of it's bad that somebody had to lose, but uh, it was thirty five twenty eight, and Enterprise had a double digit lead twice in the game. I got the ball with a minute left interception, but for Enterprise, this you know it's still for them move forward. You know, keep pushing forward. They play Smith Station this week, and uh, I think you know don't hang your hat head too much on that one. Uh, you're, I think Enterprise is showing. I mean, you compete with team like Prattville uh, pretty well. So I mean, uh, Enterprise they're they're going in the right direction this year too. And I I expect Enterprise to be a playoff team and and as they move forward. Yeah, I do too. I think they have enough seniors. Obviously, you got Josh McCray. Um, I so I was looking at the highlights of that game, and I was shocked that they, I didn't know that they ended up losing. Last I saw before we went on air, they were up, and then they, they ended up losing. So hopefully, like you said, they, it's not something to hang their hat on too much because they were right there. So I mean, if they just continue to do what they've done this season, like you said, they'll be a playoff team for sure. So seven A, I mean, to make make the playoffs in that region is certainly something to pride yourself on going into the playoffs. Yeah, and it's going to be another interesting one there this week, too, because let me look at this real quick. Uh, I believe Central, yeah, Central Phoenix City and Prattville play this this Friday, so mm-hmm. I know I will be tasked with keeping up with that game that I broadcast <laughs> on the radio uh, on Friday night. But uh, uh, y'all, y'all had picked out Game of the Week with Elba and Geneva County. I really love how y'all do, how y'all do that with the Game of the Week and everything. Robert's there, mm-hmm. who's been on the show as well. I I saw the score. I did not know that Emmanuel Henderson did not play in the game uh, when I first saw the score. And I saw 50 to 22. I was like, whoa, that really shocked me. And even at that, they showed that this is a, this is a good team all around at Geneva County. And they won last week against Geneva 22 to 6, I believe was the score. So if you told me Elba was going to win the game, I wouldn't have been shocked. Elba's always had a good program. Geneva County's got one too mm-hmm. as well. But that score surprised me. Yeah. So. I remember, so when I was at the Geneva Geneva County game, obviously Manuel didn't play that game either, but he dressed out. So I thought maybe when I got there, he was going to play, ended up not playing. And so they actually, so when they won that game, we gave them team of the week. And I was talking to Coach Striplin. The way I thought, the way he was talking, I really thought it was no shot that Emmanuel didn't play. And so when Rob got out there, he called me. He was like, hey, Emmanuel's in a boot. This game's going to go a lot differently than we had thought. So... A team like Elba, when you play them without your best player, it's going to be tough to win. I think that's why the score was the way it was. So hopefully Emmanuel gets gets healthy. Uh, they had a big game against G- or GW Long coming up here in a few weeks. So they're definitely going to need him for that. But they'll be a playoff team, and I think with him, they could they could go the distance, really. I mean, you got one of the best recruits in the country that certainly puts you at an advantage. Yeah, and I think it's not this week because GW Long was supposed to play Cottonwood. Of course, you know to deal with exactly. Cottonwood. So yeah. Geneva, G, uh, GW Long is basically getting they, they are getting a week off, and then they would play 
uh, Geneva County, which I know Geneva County this week has Houston County. But, you know, another big matchup there in that region this week is going to be you've got Elba and Abbeville. So that's going to be interesting, too, because Abbeville is a really good team. You know, they lost uh, their only loss so far this year was to Geneva County. You got what Elba's doing. So uh, that that region, I have said, and I don't know how you feel about it. When you look at 2A Region 2, that is a tough region. Region when you've got GW on Elba, Geneva County, and Abbeville, and I'll say this: Ayrton, yes, they're one and three in the region. They're two and five overall, but that's not a team to, to take lightly either. So that that region is is tough. And then you got those three tied at three and one with Elba, Geneva County, Abbeville, and of course GW Long at four and zero. Oh. I have a feeling we're going to see some uh, some changing in position these last couple weeks of the season just in that region alone. Oh yeah, I mean, like you said with Ayrton. If they're sitting at one and three, that kind of tells you where that region's at because Ayrton's not a slouch. I mean, I know they lost to Silicon a few weeks ago, who's another great team. But that two two way region two is just, I mean, I remember it was like week three. It was like we got games coming up where all these teams are going to be right in the thick of things. And so we were kind of hoping Geneva County would win that Friday. So when they do play GW1, it's a battle of the unbeaten. But obviously, Elba won that game. They're a good team. So then you got, I mean, we were thinking about making potentially Elba Abbeville this week being our game of the week because it's one of the most important games of the season throughout the entire Wiregrass. Um, now, I think those four teams obviously should make the playoffs given they've all beaten Ayrton already. Um, but yeah, this region, it's just, it's, it's going to be a, a barn burner through the end. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if Geneva County does beat GW Long, where exactly everyone's going to stand. If, uh, I mean, if Abbeville goes to beat Elba this week, that'd be a shock. Not a shock, but like, then you really got – it's a mess right at the top. So I enjoy it. It's awesome. It's what we do this for. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. And it's like the people that's supposed to figure out tiebreakers, that is their problem to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, I, hope, I mean, that game, Elba's game against Providence, I hope that doesn't come back to bite them because I know – I mean, Providence is a good program, but Elba probably should have won that game. Um I know Providence got up early, and they, they kind of rode that, but it'll be interesting. I'm happy we don't have to deal with the tiebreakers, like you said. <laughs> yeah, that's for the uh, the people up top to deal with, and we just view the games, <laughs> see the highlights, read about them, and discuss them. That's that's all we got to worry about here, mm-hmm. and it's always great to do that. And uh, I, I think I've kept you about five minutes longer than I said I would. I, I, I'm bad about doing that, so it's, it's you know. Hey, no problem. I love talking football, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, me too. I, I live and breathe it. You know, all Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, and and Mondays too. But uh, anyways, Michael, I do appreciate you coming on on the podcast this week to talk all things and. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, but uh, before I let you go, I'll uh, let the listeners uh, know about you. Uh, where can they find you and all the work you're doing over at WDHN? Of course. Well, actually, before we, before I get into that, another great region is in 4A. I mean, you have Wicksburg, Slocum, and there's another team I'm forgetting about. But you had an, another great region in the Wiregrass. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting until the end. But uh, on WDHN Channel 18, like you said, I'm the sports director, so you can find me there. I do the 6 o'clock, and then we have a Fox 34 show at 9, and our 10, I do a little sportsman segment there each week or each day. And then if you guys are on Facebook, which I think most people are, me and uh, Rob Smith, we do a high school football preview show on Wednesdays, and then we do the same on Thursdays for college football. It usually airs around 7 p.m. on our Facebook page. Um, to keep up with everything that I'm doing, Twitter's probably your best go-to. I'm pretty active on Twitter. Uh, my username is at mrinkertv. So that's where you can find 
on things I'm doing throughout the week, posting it, whether it be football, I can even do volleyball or just college football also. So thank you as always, Philip, for letting me come on. I love talking to you. I'm talking football. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Always, uh, it's, it's fun to have you on. I'm glad it scared you off after the first visit, but, uh, always appreciate you coming on the show and I uh, hope we can do this again sometime down the road. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you so much. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. We come back. I'm going to look at some scenarios and the full standings and look ahead to week eight here in high school football in the Wiregrass. You're listening to the Wiregrass High School Football Report brought to you by the radio people. All right, everybody, let me tell you about this Mini Grinder Coaches Show presented by Dothan Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Every Thursday night at 8 o'clock on 96.9 The Legend, Jerry Coleman and Ken Lambert sit down with Coach Mini Grider, the head coach of the Dothan Wolves, to look back at the previous game and look forward to the upcoming game that Friday night. But don't worry, if you do miss the Coaches Show, on Thursday nights on 96.9 The Legend, you can check out the podcast over on 96.9thelegend.com, uploaded immediately after the show. So if you miss any of Coach's comments, you can still check out the replay over at 96.9thelegend.com. Now let's get back to the Wiregrass High School Football Report. All right, welcome back into the Wiregrass High School Football Report, brought to you by the radio people. So now, went over the scores there in the first part of the show then of course with michael rinker there we talked about a bunch of different things going on especially with 7a and 2a were really the focus there looking at what happened in week seven and then moving forward looking ahead to week eight but so many different things and we did talk about 7a a little bit there some other scores that did happen outside the wiregrass but important in the region Auburn defeated Central Phoenix City 29 to 28. Of course talk about the Prattville and the Dothan scores. Smith Station defeated Jeff Davis 35 to 14. And all those scores are interesting. Of course, Auburn is undefeated in the region. They're 7 0, 4 0 in the region. They're at the very top. But then you have Prattville and Central Phoenix City are now tied at 3 and 1. And speaking of that, they play each other this Friday. So during the scoreboard update and throughout the game, we'll keep you updated what's going on between Central and Prattville. But also another tie in the region right now is Smith Station and Enterprise, both at 1 and 2. In the four spot, of course, the top four teams in each region goes to the playoffs. That's a big game because you don't want to fall to one and three there. And then, of course, Jeff Davis and Dothan, both 0 and 3 in the region. They'll be playing this Friday as well. So you start to see some separation, kind of figuring out where teams are placing here, uh, especially here in 7A, but in all these regions uh, thus far. So it's an interesting week, very important for a lot of these teams. And Auburn will be playing outside of region. They will be playing Riverdale, who is two and two. They're out of state of Georgia, so nothing they do this Friday really goes toward the region. But the other teams, they're all going against each other. And uh, it's basically, you got two versus three, four versus five, and six and seven spots are up for grabs uh, this Friday night. When we look at six A, and the only team in six A that's in our kind of coverage area, I guess you would say, is Ufala. Of course, I said in the open they beat Valley forty four to thirteen, big region win. Therefore, the Ufala Tigers. So we're, that puts you fall out at four right now. But there's like a three-way tie, four-to-four spot in 6A Region 2. you got got Ufala, Park Crossing, and Valley all at two and two, which, of course, Ufala defeated both Park Crossing and Valley. So they're right now in the four spot. So Park Crossing and Valley really need to be, I guess, for them moving forward. Playoff-wise, they need to be rooting hard against Ufala to lose. But, yeah, if Ufala just hates to carry their business, they're in whether they tie with those two or not. Now, follow does play Carver this week, who is second 
in 6A Region 2. They are 4-2 overall, 3-1 in the region. Valley and Park Crossing play each other. One may get eliminated or pushed back within the standings there. And Opelika is playing Lee uh, this week. That's some big game there as well. That's the one Opelika leads that region. And then Lee is sitting there at 2-1. and one. They are third in the region. And then we jump in 5A. Now the teams we have in that one, of course, Andalusia, Carroll, Rehoboth, and Headland, Charles Henderson as well. And I talked about it in the open. Rehoboth with the close win over Greenville on Friday night, 19-16. Pike Road and Andalusia won in shutouts over Charles Henderson and Headland. Uh, this week, Rehoboth will be at Charles Henderson, Pike Road at Headland and Greenville at Carroll. Carroll did not play this past week. They were off. And at Andalusia, they are off this week, so they will not play. Pike Road leads the region at 4-0 and 7-0 overall. Andalusia is number two. 3 and 1, 4 and 3. Then you have Greenville at 2 and 1 at 4 and 1 and then you have Carroll at 2 and 1, 2 and 3. Now Rehoboth sits at 1 and 3 in the region. And like I said, they're playing Charles Henderson who is has not won a game this year. So Rehoboth won that they can jump up to 2 and 3. Carroll is playing Greenville, so those two teams are playing there. So it's still in the air for Rehoboth to make their way into the playoffs. And as I said, Pike Road is playing Headland. Headland has not won a game in the region so far. They're 0-3. So for Carroll and Rehoboth, pretty big weeks. And you have Andalusia not playing. In 4A Region 2, the teams in our coverage area there, Geneva, Dale County, Strawn, and you have Ashford. Uh, Geneva, they are in second place. Well, tied for second place, actually. You have a three-way tie there between Geneva, St. James, and Dale County. All teams are at three and one there. And when you look at what's coming up this week, you have Dale County at St. James. So, once again, big game. And those three, you know, battling out, figure out who's going to be the – where everybody's going to be at really there, not just second, third, fourth. It's, it's, it's a log jam there. Strawn will, at, will be at Booker T. Washington. And what's interesting with Strawn, they had that big lead over Geneva 21-6, to and then Geneva came back to win 26-21. But Strawn is 2-2 two and two in region play. So it's a very important game for them. Booker T is – 0-4 in region play. So Strawn, you know, we're looking to get a big win here too and, you know, stay in the discussion of playoffs. Alabama Christian is at Geneva. Geneva is second place. Alabama Christian is 4-0, number one in the region there. So that'll be an interesting game this week. In 3A region two, Wicksburg is leading there at 3-0 in the region, 5-1 overall. Of course, like I said, they beat Delville this past Friday, 52-6. Uh, after them, you have Op, and then Slocum sitting there too as well. Actually, you have three undefeated teams in region play in three a region two: Whisper, Op, and Slocum. And then after that, you have Houston Academy at one and two, New Broughton at one and three, and then Providence at zero and three, Delville zero and four as well. So this week's a matchup: you have Whisper versus Op. So we could have a new number one team in the region after this week: uh, Slocum at Delville. So. Let me phrase what I just said then. Completely, completely wrong there. Uh, Slocum would be tied. They beat Delville with whoever wins between Whitsburg and Op. So we could have a two-way tie for top spot, not just a three-way tie when it comes to being undefeated. Providence is playing at Houston Academy. Big game, special for Providence. Like I said, they're 0-3 in the region trying to get back into the, the playoff picture here. And then New Brockton at Northside Memphis. That is a non-region game because Northside is independent. So nothing there for New Brockton impacts. The region is only a 17 region. 
But big game between Oppen and Wicksburg, and then you got Slocum at Delville game. Slocum kind of keep pace with those other two, whoever comes out victorious there. And then you have, of course, Providence and HA in that game as well. And that's a rivalry game too as well. All right, we're dwindling on down here. Uh, 2A Region 2. Like I said, I, th- I think this is the best region in the area. That's just my opinion. It's just overall, just the competition in this region is tough. Week in, week out, you're going up against good teams. Of course, Cottonwood is in this region. And if you haven't been paying attention to the news, and I talked about this a little bit last week, they had to cancel last week's game against Houston County. They were scheduled to play GW Long this week. That game was off just due to a lot of situation, a big situation with COVID. Actually, Cottonwood High School, they're not having any, they're not even having classes this week. Uh, the school is closed for a week, uh, so obviously they're not playing. They've they've shut down all activities. So kind of keep an eye on and kind of. And I don't really know. I remember reading last week that they said in the Dothan Eagle that Cottonwood was going to see something about maybe rescheduling, but it would be hard just because they're so late in the season and don't have the off week. So I'm, I'm not putting next to their name losses yet. It's just those games didn't happen. So just kind of kind of wait and see how they actually uh, do that. Do they put losses there or they postponements? We'll, we'll just we'll just see uh, what they do there. Uh, this week, big games. Uh, Elba at Abbeville. Of course, Elba off that big win over Geneva County, 50-22. to Abbeville had a win over Ayrton. They won 32-22. Zion Chapel at Ayrton. Then you have Houston County at Geneva County. Geneva County trying to rebound from that loss, their first loss of the season. So standings-wise, GW Long, they're undefeated. 4-0 in region, 5-0 overall. Then you got Elba, Geneva County, and Abbeville all tied up at 3-1 apiece in the region. Then Houston County is at 1-2, Ayrton at 1-3. Cottonwood and Zion Chapel have not won a region game uh, this season. So it's another situation. We have several regions here in the Wiregrass area that are in a situation. You have a log jam, several teams with the same region record right now. So this is kind of where positioning is starting to take place with, with these regions. But like I said, with Elba, Geneva County, Abbeville, all at three and one apiece. And that Elba Abbeville game's big. And it's, it's that's an important game for Geneva County too, because Geneva County does have the win over Abbeville, but they have the loss to Elba. So if you want to look at it from a Geneva County standpoint, best thing for them would be Abbeville to beat Elba, then Geneva County would jump right back to second place if they defeat Houston County. And then finally one A region one Talked about oh, this a little bit in the open, but the storyline here is Brantley and Florella. They are both 6-0 and overall. They are both a 4-0 in the region. Like I said, they will not play each other this week. Brantley plays Georgiana, who is 3-1 in region, 3-2 overall, so they're in the third spot there. And then Florella is hosting Pleasant Home, who has not won a game this year. So it's just those two keeping pace with each other almost. I mean, they're not worried about each other, but just both undefeated. And then I do believe they will play the next week. So that will be a very big game. We'll have to keep our eye on for uh, for Ally and Brantley. Um, Brantley is a is a program that has dominated that region. Uh, but now Florella has kind of come and said, hey, we're here. Uh, so it's going to be interesting when those two teams play in a couple weeks. And we just assume they'll both be undefeated uh, when we get to that point. And, of course, we do have one team we keep an eye on in AISA over in A Region 1. Of course, that is Abbeville Christian, who they were victorious this past week, 33-6 over Banks Academy. And Abbeville, they are 2-0 in the region, 
five and one uh, this season. They are in second place in that region behind Crenshaw Christian Academy. They are four and two overall, three and zero. Oh. And who did they play this past week? This is this is live stuff. Me just looking up uh, stuff here. They beat Lounge Academy thirty-one to six. Now this week, uh, Abbeville Christian they are hosting Coosa Valley Academy. They are over on the season, and then Crenshaw does not look like they are playing this week. So with that. Obviously, those two teams have not met each other. That's going to be a big game in that region when Abbeville Christian and Crenshaw Christian Academy do play each other. Uh, but good season so far over there at Abbeville Christian for what they got going on. So that is an update. I'm going to try to do this every week for the rest of the season here on the podcast, kind of give you kind of a overview of what's going on. Uh, podcast may go a little bit longer in the next few weeks as we are on the road toward playoffs. And uh, it's, it's a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of moving around what happened, which I might not have to do that the last week. Actually, we should know all the playoff matchups as we go into the last week because I do believe most teams, if not all teams, are not playing in region games that last week of the season. So there. Last week of the season uh, may not have as long as a podcast. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you again to Michael Rinker for coming on the podcast. It is always uh, great to have him on. Of course, he is the WDHN Sports Director. Check out the Extra Point every Friday night. Get all your highlights and scores from around the area. Of course, um, Mike Gerspan's there with him as well. Robert Smith, who's been on the podcast too. You'll see him and many others. Uh, they do a great job over at WDHN when it comes to high school football coverage. So go and uh, check them out. You can follow me on social media at PJordanSCC. You can find this podcast on the 95.5 WTVY, 96.9 The Legend, and WKMX websites. And you can also check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts and the Google Play Store. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. If you want to contact me, you can find me at sportstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com. And please check out all our other podcasts over at the radio people. You can check out interviews from Jerome and DC from their morning show. Uh, BJ Kelly, he's got some stuff on there. Uh, You've got Bethany with Welcome to the Wiregrass. And the return of Haunting in the Wiregrass as well, which you heard a live read on that one as well so please check out all those check out the apps like i said kmx w kmx 106.7 tv y and i 6.9 legend have great apps as well and you can listen to the dothan wolves play uh, jeff davis on the road in montgomery this friday night on i 6.9 the legend we will start our pregame show at 6 45 and kick off at that seven you can check out the coaches show at eight o'clock on i 6.9 the legend and if you do miss the game which i hope you don't I hope you if you're not attending that game in montgomery that you will uh listen to us but if you don't you can check out the dothan wolves football replay something that i produce it is a condensed version the first couple went 15 minutes, but that last one I did with their game against Colquitt went, I think it went 25 minutes or so. There's a lot of highlights put in that one. So anyways, you get the best calls, best highlights from Jerry Coleman and Ken Lambert from Friday night's game, and I throw in some narration between the plays, kind of give you a good setup for what's coming up next. So go check that out. A lot of good audio content over at the radio people. And uh, I'm going to get out of here. This podcast has probably went a little bit too long this week. But anyways, I hope you guys have listened to it. If you made it this far into the show, hope you enjoyed it. Hope everybody has a fantastic week. Go see some games this weekend. And uh, I will talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.